coming up on Philosophy Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, Buff, the postmodern idiot savant. Is postmodernism really to blame for post-truth? Yeah, postmodernism made it respectable to deny sensible ideas, like truth and fact. No, it didn't. It just said when you think about those ideas, you also have to think about power. I'm a modern man, a man for the millennium, digital and smoke-free, a diversified multicultural postmodern deconstructionist, politically, anatomically, and ecologically incorrect. Do we really think an obscure academic movement from the 1950s is responsible for the woeful state of politics today? Did postmodernism simply predict cynicism about facts, or did it actually promote it? Can truth make a comeback? Our guest is Tom Dezengatita, author of Postmodern Theory and Progressive Politics. Is postmodernism really to blame for post-truth? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Did postmodern attacks on truth do lasting damage to the fabric of society? Did they help to usher in a post-truth era, the era of anti-vaxxers, alternative facts, and climate denial? Or can postmodern theory help us find a way out of our current political mess? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, a program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm Josh Landy. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus where I teach philosophy and Josh directs the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today we're asking, is postmodernism to blame for the post-truth era? Oh, Josh, I don't know. Look, I, 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 I don't like the post-truth era any more than, than you do. And I get it that we got people like Kellyanne Conway talking about alternative facts and that sort of nonsense. But really, seriously, what's that got to do with postmodern theory? Well, I'm with Daniel Dennett on this. You know, he, he blamed the postmodernists for what he called the, the intellectual fad that made it respectable to be cynical about truth and facts. Wait a minute. Come on, seriously? Are you saying that all these posed truthers like the aforementioned Kellyanne Conway or Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> you think they've been at least like, sitting around and like reading their dairy at I don't think I wouldn't give them that much credit. Well, I don't know about those folks, but, but take Mike Chernovich, the alt-right conspiracy theorist. You know, he said, I kid you not, I read postmodernist theory in college. If everything's a narrative, then we need alternatives to the dominant narrative. I don't seem like a guy who reads Lacan, do I? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a little wild, I guess, but surely he's the exception. Come on, most of these post-truthers can't read anything. Maybe, but look, the pernicious effects of postmodernism went way beyond the people who actually bothered to read it. Oh, come on. How, how, how's that supposed to have worked? What do you mean? Did mind control somehow? No. The Postmodern theory infected the culture at large, Ken. And once it did that, it silenced the gatekeepers. It, it made experts reluctant to push back against nonsense. I mean, look, if everyone has his or her own truth, then who are the so-called experts to tell someone they're wrong? Well, wait, well, those so-called experts, come on. Did you ever notice who those experts all happen to be? heterosexual white males. I mean, if you're going to give postmodernism credit for silencing, then that's a good thing because that means it liberated us from the hegemony of such people. 
Yeah, but by insisting there's no truth. Well, by insisting that there's no single truth, Josh, but there are many truths. I mean, come on, postmodernism showed that white male heterosexual worldview is just one view among others. It's not any privileged sort of thing, so it struck a blow for equality. That's a good thing. That is a good thing, but look, think about, there are different ways of doing that. Think, think, think about people like Du Bois of Beauvoir. You know, those folks, they criticize that kind of narrowness and bigotry, but in the name of truth. I mean, if, if you want to attack lies, just say there are lies. You don't have to say there's no such thing as truth. <laughs> well, well, but isn't that what they were getting at? Isn't what the postmodernists were really saying? I mean, think of Jean Baudrillard. He, he wasn't celebrating the fact that everyone now has their own truth. He was actually lamenting it. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, Ken. Look, a minute ago you were saying there's no objective truth. Now you're saying there is. You're doing exactly what postmodernists do. You're, you're contradicting yourself. Well, well, Josh, come on. Seriously. Haven't you heard? A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Oh, oh well, well, you must have a really big mind if it's going to contain all those pomo contradictions. <laughs> okay, touche, touche. But, but in all seriousness, Baudrillard, I think he's a good example. He took himself to be warning us about the post-truth world he saw us busily falling into, and he thought of himself as giving us tools to understand it. So if you think of it that way, postmodernism didn't cause the post-truth problem. It's going to help us solve the post-truth problem. Well, maybe for Baudrillard, but what about Derrida or Rorty? I mean, Rorty came right out and said, no scientific description is an accurate representation of the way the world is. A, a climate deniers would be delighted to hear well, that. I, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are delighted to hear that. But I don't think that's at all what postmodernists intended. They weren't giving sucker to climate deniers. They What they wanted to do was to challenge traditional power structures. And they want to bring about a more inclusive politics. Surely that's a good thing. That is a good thing. But why did they need to ditch truth in order to get there, Ken? I mean, yeah, think about Rorty saying the very idea of a fact of the matter is one we'd be better off without. I mean, would we really be better off without a fact of the matter about climate change? No way. You know, you, and you can't just duck the consequences of your views just because you didn't intend them. Well, okay, look, you know, I, I'm going to concede one thing. There's a lot to talk about here. And maybe our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, can help. We sent her to investigate what today's philosophers from around the world think about the relationship between post-truth and post-modernism. She files this report. My name is Marjorie Perloff. I'm a retired chaired professor at Stanford University. My name is Justin E.H. Smith. I am a professor in the Department of History and Philosophy of Science at the University of Paris, Denis Diderot. I'm Alexis Papazoglu. I used to teach philosophy at um, Royal Holloway, the University of London, and before that, the University of Cambridge. My name is Ken Houston, and I lecture in international relations at Webster University's Thailand campus. When the term postmodernism originally was used, it was used almost synonymously with the avant-garde. Postmodernism was everything that was new and cool and different. I do take postmodernism to be an irrationalist tendency uh, to the extent that, well, how should we define it? Should we define it with, say, Lyotard and say that uh, postmodernism is the view that there are no longer any grand overarching narratives? That sounds like a pretty good way to start. 
it became taken over by the French theorists like Derrida, Foucault, and so forth. And then it started to get a negative meaning of not believing in anything, no truth, uh, anything goes. It was, I think, the morning of the US presidential election when I was leading a graduate seminar on Nietzsche's critique of truth back in London. And there seemed to be a kind of eerie echo in relation to what was going on at the time and what Nietzsche was suggesting, namely that there was no kind of objective truth and that the concept of truth that most philosophers had relied on until then was a kind of philosophical hoax. But the idea that it is responsible for the conditions today, I think no, on the contrary, I think what is responsible for the conditions today are the social media, which nobody had quite dreamt of in the heyday of postmodernism. Blaming postmodernism for today's manifest problems around post-truth and the breakdown of shared understandings actually inhibits our ability to comprehend and examine the real reasons why we have these problems. What we're calling the post-truth moment doesn't mean that people care less about truth than before. Uh, it only means that there is a particularly new, powerful technology for the spreading of lies. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly J. McDeed. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.